ka-ching, ka-ching, bling, bling, bling. This episode of Monocycle is brought to you by StockX, an auction house of sorts for designer handbags by the likes of Louis Vuitton, Chanel, Gucci, and Hermes. Whoa! In-house experts authenticate every product that's sold on StockX, and nothing is ever fake. Unlike my eyelashes. All the bags sold are in excellent condition, and you never have to worry about sellers because StockX is the one who deals with them. Bid the price you want for the bag you want, and wait for the offers to roll in. There's two ways to buy a bag. You can click buy now and the bag is yours, or you can place a bid to indicate what you're willing to pay for it. That's personally my preference. And now, for Monocycle. Welcome back to Monocycle, a podcast by Man Repeller hosted by Leandra Medine and Cohen, interchangeable last name. I might just change my name to Madonna because she doesn't have to deal with the whole last name thing, but I haven't decided yet. Or Oprah. Mm. Or, you know, I'll just keep going by Malcolm Gladwell. I don't have to make a decision now. Anyway... I'm a little nervous to be here because I promised you that I was coming back with a vengeance at the end of the summer, but that vengeance has probably felt more like a cat crawl, if I may say so, particularly given that it's been two months and only two episodes have run. But the truth is, I'm still really trying to refind my voice. This has probably been among one of the more creatively humbling experiences of my short-lived career, because, you know, when you're a writer, you trick yourself so firmly and deeply into conviction. By that, what I mean is that you indoctrinate yourself with your own principles. You turn theories into facts and lies into truths. And when you're not sure what you want to say anymore, whether you even actually have anything to say, it feels so scary. It's like the ground that's beneath you is no longer there or something. So even though the doldrums that I experienced last year have more or less subsided, I still find that I'm trying tirelessly to distract myself all the time so that I don't have to sit down alone with myself and actually think, or write, and see what else is in here, here being my brain. Because maybe I'm afraid of what the outcome will look like? What if I hate what I learn about myself? What if I can't stand what I've become? I don't know, maybe I'm self-medicating. But one thing that has been coming up over and over when I do finally sit down and attempt to write is imbued with the notion of purpose. 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 I guess I've been thinking about it a lot because I feel a renewed sense of it. Like my well is no longer running dry. Like even if I fail at what I'm doing today, I will have a purpose tomorrow. And for a long time, that really wasn't the case. My therapist said that this is the tortured artist in me, but I think it's more than that. I don't really self-identify with a tortured artist. To be real, I think that it's probably the divine lack of purpose that presents itself in the wake of building a team of professionals who are better suited to do a job that you once did all by yourself, and then trying to fit yourself back into the equation. I know I talk about work a lot, but it really does feel like the sum of my life, which is probably a function of living in New York or in any metropolitan city or just being part of this culture of romantic overworking. And for a while, that really bothered me. But I think 
Because I'm discovering new purpose, I don't resent it, it being work, the way that I used to. But let me backtrack first. I bet there are a lot of questions, like, for example, why did you lose purpose to begin with? I feel like I went from 100 to zero in like a year. In 2013, I was pretty much writing all of the content on Man Repeller and selling all of the partnerships and styling all of the posts and tweeting all of the tweets and running all of the Instagram. I mean, managing the thing top to bottom. By mid-2015, I had learned to delegate, and by 2016, even though I made it my goal to make myself unnecessary to the success of the business, in my opinion, this is something that the greatest founders do, I didn't realize how profoundly it would impact my sense of self-worth, which of course is the problem with work becoming the sum of your life. So I started trying to insert myself back into the equation where I could. I'd pick up blog posts so that other writers wouldn't have to deal with them, take calls with salespeople if it would help close a deal, micromanage a lot of the minutia that really didn't need me and was probably better suited without me just to feel like I was still valuable, like I am still valuable. But see, there's a fundamental flaw with trying to do this, especially when you've experienced pretty intense burnout. You don't get to make new purpose from old purpose. That's just not how it works. So instead of chugging along and looking forward, beginning to dream big again and think about how I want to grow, how I want us to grow, I kept regressing. I kept trying to be the person I was, who, by the way, I didn't want to become again anyway. And then over the summer, after a particularly grueling bout of malaise that effectively kept me in bed for like three weeks, I realized that the anxiety I'd been experiencing for probably the previous 18 months was born out of uncertainty, that my depression was a response to the lack of feeling of purpose in my life, and that if I wanted to find meaning again, I had to stop using the chronicles of my past to inform the future. Sometimes I feel like I held on so tight to all of the things that I had and that I knew. Business, ideals, the definition I had mustered of quote-unquote me, and was so afraid to take any risks because without them and by taking risk, by putting them at jeopardy, I also put myself in a position where I was liable to lose the purpose that I had accumulated. Does this make sense? But here's what I'm learning. Purpose isn't scarce. It's a vast well that changes with us. Sometimes it takes a moment for the purpose to catch up to the evolutionary process we are experiencing, but what I know for sure is that it always follows. And looking forward is scary. We don't know what the future holds. All we have are proofs from the past, and if you're someone who's controlling, obsessed with pursuing certainty, it is a mirage, but some of us don't care. It's hard to recognize that thrusting yourself into the cleavage of the unknown, just putting yourself out there and making decisions that scare the shit out of you and force you so firmly out of your comfort zone that you literally feel like your soul is about to exit your body is kind of the only way to discover your personal meaning. Or at least that's been the case for me. So, I don't know if you're struggling with understanding why you're here, fulfilling your purpose, understanding your meaning, but I know that all of us are eligible to get addicted to our comfort zones, to try to make educated decisions for our futures using the data we have accumulated from our pasts. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that for as reasonable and as logical as this method of operating seems to be, none of our greatness emerges from within the boundaries of those formulas. We need to scare the fuck out of ourselves to live out our untapped potential.
In September, I started forcing myself to email one person a day, every single day, who I usually wouldn't get in touch with. This led me to the email accounts of female executives I had admired for years, CEOs I wanted to talk to, editors I am in awe of, genuinely the kind of people who scare the shit out of me. And for every five emails I send, I probably get like one or two back. It's not super reinforcing, but I don't care. At first, it was tough on my ego, but that shit builds as you get turned down over and over again. Because at least I know I'm putting myself out there. And man, when I do get a reply, you wouldn't believe the kind of conversations that are had, doors that are open, ideas that are born. It's worth it just for that, you know? So I'm going to ask that you give that a try. I don't want to say do something every day that scares the shit out of you because you could read that on Instagram or on Pinterest, but I do want to say focus on making one decision every day that you would not otherwise make. I know you can't answer me, but that you can hear me. All right, I'm signing off. My mouth is dry. Good night. Happy Friday. Good Shabbos! I'm Malcolm Gladwell, and this is Revisionist History. Bye-bye.